You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer, and we are two writers who started covering the Chargers over five seasons ago doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our fourth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, hopefully everyone is getting over that loss to the Ravens and starting to get excited for the rest of the season. I know that we have turned the page and are excited to talk about a lot of things that are reasons to be excited about today. Thank you guys for making us your first listen of the day. And as always, make sure you go follow the show so you never miss an episode wherever you get your podcast from. But on today's show, there's been a lot of talk about the trade deadline coming up. And the Chargers have some obvious flaws that could be addressed there. But the Chargers also have not in the Tom Telesco era been a team that makes midseason trades to acquire players. So we'll talk about some players like Akeem Hicks and a couple of guys that have even gotten released that could potentially help on special teams. And then in segment two today, we wanted to get into reasons why Chargers fans should relax in the words of Aaron Rodgers. Reasons not to panic for the Chargers, obviously, since there was a lot of that going around after that blowout loss. And also to wrap up the show, we wanted to get into some voicemails. We're definitely going to be doing some of those during this bye week and getting you guys on the show as much as possible. So make sure you guys are calling into that. And the number for that is 323-524-7924 if you ever want to get on the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line. This episode of Lockdown Chargers is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, David. Well, trades have been the talk of Chargers social media this week after a big game against the Ravens did not go the Chargers way. I think one of the instant reactions to that is, hey, the Chargers need to do something with this roster because at a certain point, scheme can only do so much and the scheme hasn't been perfect. But we knew about some of these roster flaws specifically regarding the Chargers run defense even going into the season. So now there's some options out there that would make sense for the Chargers to potentially bring in and for Tom Telesco to kind of kick his old habits and try to add some talent to this team, especially in an area like run defense. Because one of the things about run defense is, yes, I mean, certain teams have been able to exploit it more than others against the Chargers, and the Chargers have won games where they've given up a ton of rushing yards. But if you can add somebody that can potentially be disruptive, knock other teams off their schedule, and make plays to help the Chargers' defense and in turn their offense with field position and things like that, I think you have to consider it, and I think the one guy that makes the most sense, David, is Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle from the Chicago Bears. Yeah, Akeem Hicks been in the league for a long time, 10 years, and has had a lot of success. He's had a run defensive grade from PFF over 76 times in his career, including 2 over 80 and 1 over 90 in 2018, where he had a 92.7 run defense grade. He also brings quite a bit as a pass rusher. He has 42 sacks over his 10 years in the league. A lot of experience, uh, a good run stuffer, a pretty productive pass rusher as well. Akeem Hicks would be a great option if the Chargers were able to get him. And the biggest thing with Akeem Hicks is the salary cap, but the good news for the Chargers is they are one of the few teams in the NFL that could fit his salary cap onto their roster as they currently sit right now with about $14 million in salary cap space. And he would only be a short-term investment. It would be a play for this season to reunite him 
with his, you know, former coach in Chicago where, you know, Brandon Staley was the outside linebackers coach, but obviously is very familiar. And the Chargers have Jay Rogers on their staff now as well, who was one of his coaches in Chicago. So I think when you're looking at him, I mean, you're hoping you can reprise some of the production that he was bringing you earlier in his career, especially the years with Brandon Staley, because Staley was with the Bears in 2017, 2018, under Vic Fangio as well as the defensive coordinator. And in those two seasons, Akeem Hicks combined for 16 sacks. The seven and a half and eight and a half he had in those two years were his best seasons as a, you know, pass rusher for sure. But even just in the running game, I mean, just being a disruptor, just getting penetration, being a presence on the interior of that defense is something the Chargers desperately need. It is a big cap hit this year. From a standpoint of trying to do the most for this team right now and trying to not waste a year of these players on the roster's careers is to just go try to make a splash, take some risks, bring somebody in, even though, yes, it is an aging defensive tackle. I think it's more just about, hey, you're going to have to take some chances, and obviously that is a position right now where you're not getting the production that you need, and it's definitely been hurting the defense. But a couple of special teams players, I think, piqued the interest of a lot of Charger fans, David, as well this week when Jaden Mickens was released a punt return and kick return specialist, and so was Andre Roberts, another guy who has a long career of being a really, really good returner. And when you look at the Chargers, David, this year, I mean, that's another place where you can look at. I mean, you could look at kicker as well, but punt returning and kick returning for the Chargers this year has been very lackluster. I mean, every one of their kick returners has an average of about 16 yards per return, which is abysmal. And now a couple of guys who specialize in these things have been released from their team. So when you're looking at those two guys, what's the interest level you would have in taking a new chance instead of potentially seeing, you know, KJ Hill and Larry Roundtree keep being the main guys in the return game? Yeah, I mean, my interest is really high because the Chargers have really suffered from not having anyone that is a real threat as a kick returner, and teams are using that against them. I said it on a show earlier where the opponents are intentionally kicking it short because they know they're going to be able to cover because the kick returners don't really have any of that explosive speed that you're looking for. That's exactly what these two gentlemen, Jaden Mickens and Andre Roberts, have. They have a lot of speed. They they got a lot of quickness. They also have experience, and they've gotten it done at the NFL level. Jaden Mickens is here at five returns, 129 yards. Also has a long of 41. He's averaging 25.8 yards per return. I'll definitely take that. That's a huge difference. I mean, the field position part of it is important, and I think that is going to really help jumpstart the Chargers' offense as well. Shorter fields, easier fields to score touchdowns. And Andre Roberts, like you said, has been doing it for a long, long time. Uh, In Houston, he's had a lot of opportunities to return kicks, 18 for 386, a long of 38, uh, 21.4 average. These guys are getting further, and they're giving their offenses better and shorter fields to work with. And Andre Roberts has touchdowns as a kick returner and as a punt returner in his career. So both these guys are very productive, and I think they would add a nice jolt to the Chargers' return game. Yeah, and I mean, there's still a reason why these guys got released as well, right? I mean, with Jay Mickens, he's had some injury issues where he's missed a lot of time during his career. And over the last two years, Mickens has not really been the same as a punt returner. He's only been averaging less than seven yards per punt return over the last couple of years. For Andre Roberts, I think the biggest thing for me is the fumbles, because last year he had three fumbles through six games this year. He already has two fumbles, and I know Muff punts are not something that the Chargers want to see. And I mean, that's really the one thing that KJ Hill has done best so far this year 
is not fumble, right? I mean, it's the bare minimum, but that is something he's been able to do. But at least for Andre Roberts, like you have him returning 30 yards per kick return last year in 2020. One of the best guys in the league at it. And he averaged at least 7.4 yards per punt return from 2016 to 2020. So that's better than what you're getting from KJ Hill this year, who is averaging 6.7 yards per return in the punt game and only 16.7 yards in the kick return game. So there are some drawbacks. I mean, I wouldn't blame the Chargers for trying to go out and spice things up in the return game. And let's be honest, I mean, there's plenty of places where the Chargers could improve, and that's one of the things that's tough, right? I mean, if they went and tried to get a right tackle or something like that to be a short-term replacement for Storm Norton, right, and Brian Bulanga because he's been injured, I would understand it. If they tried to get a specialist, I get it. If they want to try to help with the run defense, I totally understand it. And there's not a lot of guys out there that are going to make the total difference and totally fix the Chargers' problems. But could they help? Absolutely. I mean, Andre Roberts hasn't really looked the same this year on a bad Houston, Texas team. Jaden Mickens on a good Tampa Bay team got cut. Obviously, they've had some tough decisions to make there with the injuries they've had on their roster. There are things to consider for sure. And I mean, at a certain point, you just want at least some upside at the position. And that's not something they're getting right now from any of the guys they've been trotting out. I just want to see the Chargers try something. I just want to see Tom Telesco go out there and make an effort. Try to bring somebody in. Try to improve this roster. That's really all I want to see. Well, I think that we've seen that Tom Telesco can be heavily influenced by his head coaches, right? And I think that you saw that this year with the type of players that Brandon Staley kind of wanted in that draft. It seemed like he had a big influence on who the Chargers picked up in the 2021 NFL draft. So maybe that's something that Tom Telesco, even though he's never made that trade in any of the years as being a GM, would at least consider it. I mean, Jeremy Fowler has come out from ESPN and said the Chargers were interested in trying to add some defensive line depth. Here's to hoping, right? Because yes, it's not going to fix all the Chargers problems, but it could make it better. And I think that is absolutely worth it. But we do have two more segments to get into, so coming up right after this, we're going to tell you the reasons that you do not need to panic yet on the Chargers, even after a blowout loss to the Ravens. But this episode of Locked On Chargers is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. I mean, how do you not like McDonald's? McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's also been a place where friends and family can go to connect, a place where classmates can meet up after school for a study group, knowing that they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of french fries and McFlurries, as I did a lot of times when I was walking home from school. McDonald's is the best, guys. Everyone has their favorites. I mean, McChicken, McNuggets, Going Burgers, McDoubles, Big Macs, so many great things. I have a lot of favorites at McDonald's, and I have a lot of memories going to McDonald's on road trips, going to there after sporting events. There's so many great times I've had at McDonald's, and you're always going to get some dependably good food. I mean, that's the one thing about McDonald's is it's always going to be the same. You're always going to get those same favorites that you know and love. So right now, guys, head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, I'm loving it. All right, guys. Well, yesterday, if you guys heard the show, I mean, it definitely was something that was hard to get through knowing how bad the game was against the Baltimore Ravens. And obviously... There was a lot of negative takeaways after that game. There was a lot of things that have to improve going forward for the Chargers to continue to be the team that impressed a lot of people over their first six games of the season. So on today's show, I definitely wanted to get back to all the things the Chargers fans have to be excited about because if you didn't know, there's plenty to be excited about. And I think, David, just being 4-2 and at this point, being 2-0 and in the division for the first time since 2012 is a huge thing as far as getting into the playoffs and where you stand in the AFC and having already played such a tough part of your schedule. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been a gauntlet. I mean, the Chargers' first six games, they've played against a lot of very, very good teams, and the two teams that they have lost to are both 5-1. and one. The Cowboys are one of the best teams in the NFC, and the Ravens, as you just saw, are, are one of the best teams in the AFC. So there's really not much to be mad about losing to those two squads after seeing what they've been able to do all year round. And I think before the season, Daniel, when we were looking at this six-game stretch, I know we would have took four and two all day long and especially twice on Sunday because that's a huge improvement than what we were what we were expecting. And to go two and zero in the division that's so incredibly valuable for later on matchups and you know, just due to the fact that the Chargers have not done very well in the division the last couple of years, it's good to see them get back to whooping up on the teams that they are going to see the most this season. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it just plays such a big factor in how things shake out as far as standings going into the playoffs as well. And I mean, they're only a couple of seasons removed from going 0-6 in the AFC West. And they still have two games against the Broncos, who right now look like they're the worst team in the AFC West, right? Even though knowing the AFC West, they're still going to be competitive games. That plays into a softer schedule down the stretch. I mean, you still get teams like the Giants. And the Eagles, right? You get a weaker version of the Steelers that you thought you were going to get earlier on in the season or when the season began. And you already know there is a blueprint to beat those teams. And you've seen yourself beat those teams in the division like the Chiefs and the Raiders. And that's just something that Chargers fans should be very excited about. And I think another thing they should be very excited about, David, is that Justin Herbert has pretty much lived up to the hype all season and maybe even exceeded some of those expectations, especially Going into that Ravens game, I mean, there was no hotter quarterback in the NFL the three games before Justin Herbert took on the Ravens. And obviously, that's a pretty big setback. That's something that you wish you didn't see and you wish that he could, you know, have gotten through the tough game that the Chargers' entire offense on Sunday. But at the same time, David, I mean, Justin Herbert hasn't done anything this season, but show he is the real deal. I mean, there's not one game that's going to set me back from that. I thought even the first two games of the season when he had two touchdowns and three interceptions, I thought he was still making some ridiculous throws and still playing well for the most part. He figured out a lot of the red zone issues that plagued the Chargers over the last four games. The Chargers have obviously been much better there, going 13 out of 15 in the red zone during that time. So I think that is something like Chargers fans were worried about a sophomore slump for him. And even coming off of this game, I mean, Justin Herbert has still been a borderline MVP candidate through six weeks. Every quarterback in NFL history is going to have a bad game every once in a while. You're going up against the best players and the best teams and the best coaches in the world. It's going to happen. But Justin Herbert this year, 1,771 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. Justin Herbert has been fantastic. Yes, he's had one really bad game, and then, hey, one touchdown, one interception, and, you know, you got to give the give credit to that defender. That was a hell of a play to kind of steal that away from Jared Cook, but Justin Herbert's been fantastic. He's been able to run. He's been able to feel pressure. He, he's been able to throw accurately, throw just bombs down the field, make some just wow, unbelievable, how did this kid make that type of throw plays over and over and over again and it's been incredibly exciting to watch and the best part is that we get 11 more opportunities to see what Justin Herbert is going to do in year two yeah I mean besides just you know the four interceptions he has this year he hasn't had a lot of turnover worthy plays right he does have the one fumble through the end zone which was not a fumble right but besides that I mean 
two really outstanding efforts by Trayvon Diggs, who's been intercepting everybody this year, and Deshaun Elliott in that last game against the Ravens. And, you know, curling back on that Jared Cook route to take it out of his hands the way he did was super impressive. And then another one of those interceptions is one where maybe it's not a completed pass, but Keenan Allen does slip on the route in the end zone against the Cowboys, and it gets picked off by DeMonte Casey. But it's just he's been so good at protecting the football so far this year, even in a bad game last week. I mean, that was a game that could have gone away from the Chargers, and he did not play well in that game. But at the same time, he still protected the football for the most part. And going to your point about other quarterbacks having bad days, I mean, last year everyone has pointed out, right, Tom Brady, zero touchdowns in three picks against the Saints in 2020 in one of the regular season matchups. They go on to beat them in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers week one this year, right, completed 58% of his passes, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. We've seen plenty of quarterbacks have bad days, and I think that's not a reason to panic for the rest of the season. And he'll have a good chance against the Patriots to kind of prove that because that is going to be a tough game coming up. But I think another thing, David, is that the Chargers defense has a lot of room to get better, and I think there will at least be some help with some guys coming back healthy. It's hard to really know what the impact is, but the Chargers should be getting Drew Tranquil, Justin Jones, and Kenneth Murray back after the bye week. Considering those guys, it'll be their third game that they've been on injured reserve and the fact that Drew Tranquil hasn't been put on injured reserve at this point. Yeah, it's going to be really nice to get Justin Jones back in particular because he kind of specializes against the run. He talked a lot before the start of the season about how he's excited about working in this defense uh, with a lot more one-on-one opportunities to kind of show what he can do as a pass rusher. But we just haven't been able to see it because he hasn't been on the field all season, unfortunately. And then with Kenneth Murray, I still think they're trying to figure out the best way to use him. Although he is impactful. He has a lot of speed uh, and he is a big hitter. And then Drew Tranquil, just incredible instincts. And he definitely makes this defense better. When those three guys are on the football field, this is a much better product uh, of defense than the Chargers have put out there the last several weeks. That is for sure. How much better? We don't know. But they are definitely going to get better. They're getting healthier, and that's going to be a good thing to set them up to go on a nice run for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it is something that you feel pretty good about at this point, those guys coming back healthy, and just the fact that you still have Derwin James and Joey Bosa healthy right at this point. Hallelujah! Like, those are two guys that you just have to have on the field, and if the Chargers are going to get better defensively, it's going to start with those guys. I mean, I do think that Drew Tranquil and Justin Jones will be a positive impact on the running game. I don't think it's going to fix things, but I do think a positive impact can at least it, you know get you by degrees better in these games and at least maybe a couple more plays are made between the few of them to help the Chargers out defensively where they've just been getting mauled on runs early on in games, early on early downs, something that's been plaguing them all year. Maybe it gets a little bit better, and that is at least something to be excited about after the Chargers bye week. But we do have some voicemails to get into. A lot of people feeling the same ways. That's a lot of reason to still be optimistic. But some things the Chargers are going to have to achieve coming out of the bye week. So we're going to get your guys' voices on the show coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys about Beachbound.com. Because in life, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, you could be bound for adventure, bound for passion, bound for discovery, or you may be bound for encountering the unexpected. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up poolside at the bar or maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I've got a good view and a drink in my hand, I'll be happy as can be. And with BeachBound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you, no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit BeachBound.com today. 
I also need to tell you guys about the place that if you ever need an auto part, you have to go to, and that is rockauto.com. Support a family business instead of going to your local chain auto parts store, going up to the guy at the counter, having him ask you some questions that you probably don't fully understand, and then pushing just whatever parts they have in the warehouse on you. Instead of saving money with rockauto.com, why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more for the same price from the chain auto parts store or a car dealership when you could go to rockauto.com, who always has reliably low prices for every customer. Whatever you guys need, you can find it at Rock Auto. They have brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. I myself have gotten an alternator from rockauto.com and I've already used it three times since they've been a sponsor of the show and they're so convenient. Getting it shipped right to your house is such a nice thing. And right now, you guys can go check out all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, well, we wanted to wrap today's show up with some voicemails and get you guys involved in the show, especially with reactions to the latest loss by the Chargers, because I think there was a lot of Charger fans who were wondering why everything could go so wrong in that game. But I think on today's show, we got a lot of positive voicemails that are still feeling good about the Chargers going forward. So to get your guys' voices on the show, make sure to call into 323-524-7924 on the Locked On Chargers voicemail on so you guys can get your thoughts and questions and reactions on the show because we love to do it. And we'll probably even get into more voicemails before the bye week is over. But let's start today with Kyle from North Carolina calling in. Hey, guys, this is Kyle here from North Carolina. Uh, calling after that Ravens loss, uh, I just wanted to make sure I called in. I don't want all these people to lose faith in these boys. Uh, this team is just different this year, and sometimes you just need, you just need that ass whooping to, to stay a little humble. Um, we got a lot of things to correct, a lot of things to learn after that game, um, and I just, you know, I just don't want people out there to lose faith in these, uh, in these bolts, man. It's, it's so much different this year. Uh, it really comes down to, you know, just tightening up on a lot of things. These receivers got to, you know, they got to work on their pass catching. I don't know why we're throwing screens to tight ends repeatedly whenever Eckler, as soon as we throw him the ball, he's getting positive yards every single time. You know, there's there's got to be some things that we got to get back to. We've played a lot of tough games here within the last couple of weeks, and, you know, the boys look tired. You know, so get into this bye week, come out strong, uh, you know, after this against the Patriots. Um, I think we've got a lot to learn from and a lot of positivity to take out of this game, even though we got, you know, got that ass looking. But, you know what, stay humble, you know, stay charged up, bolts up, baby. Keep it going. So I think this is interesting. And, I mean, I definitely think me and David have not lost faith in the Chargers by any means. I think they're still, like we just went over, I mean, a lot of things to be excited about. While knowing that, I mean, this is not a perfect team and a lot of things will have to go right for them down the stretch, right, and they'll have to – improve in a lot of ways and I think there was some you know frustrating parts of the Chargers offense on Sunday for sure a lot of things that didn't make a lot of sense and for the Chargers they do have that game coming up against the Patriots and I think that that's something that is going to be a huge litmus test for the Chargers offense and a real chance to show that that 45 to 0 drubbing that the Chargers were handed by the Patriots in 2020 was not something that you know was just on Justin Herbert I think with this new coaching staff they have a chance to really impress. But, David, are you taking anything away from the Chargers being able to just learn from this game? Like, you need an ass-whipping, right? The undefeated teams, when they lose, there's always the saying of, you have to learn, right? And, and learn what losing feels like to be better going forward. So, do you think this is something that the Chargers can take away from and turn into a positive, even knowing how badly they lost? 
Without a doubt. I think you learn a lot more from your failures than your successes. I've said that a couple of times, but I truly believe it. When you're winning and everything's going right, you don't really look to reflect or kind of make any changes or or look for any kind of constructive criticism. But when you're losing and when you lose in the fashion that the Chargers lost, there's so much to learn, so much to gain from that knowledge, that information, just from a, a preparation standpoint, from scheme from players. I mean, there's all kinds of information that the Chargers coaches can disseminate and pass down to their players. And also, I think this is a great warm-up game, too, against the Ravens, who are going to disguise a lot of their defenses or did disguise a lot of their defenses and really made Justin Herbert think. That's exactly what Justin Herbert had trouble with against the Patriots and why that game was so lopsided. He had a lot of trouble trying to decipher what the Patriots were trying to do. So hopefully he takes that information he gained from the Ravens game and he deploys it effectively against the Patriots. Yeah, and I mean, after that Patriots game last year, they went on a winning streak, right? He looked a lot better the rest of the season. And it'll be very interesting what the new Chargers coaching staff is able to kind of take from that 2020 tape when they're going into this game, going up against the Patriots. Like, hey, this is what they did to you. If they try to do that again, this is how we're going to beat it. If they try to do what the Ravens did last week, this is how we're going to try to beat it. Because that's the thing. I mean, with the Patriots last year, we thought they were going to blitz Justin Herbert a lot. They really didn't blitz him much at all. But Justin Herbert still struggled with the disguises they were throwing against him. That'll be a really you know good opportunity for him to show how much growth he really has and how he can adjust from game to game to improve on a really bad performance against the Ravens. Let's get into the next voicemail here. This one is Renee from San Diego. Let's hear what he asked for us. Uh, it's Renee from San Diego, and honestly, I just I didn't get done watching the game right now, but oh, I watched it earlier today, and it was it wasn't pretty. I was expecting you know the Baltimore Ravens to score some points, but I was also expecting us to be able to you know hold up against them at least on offense. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to know if you guys think that was this more of Herbert just being off today. Was it more of just not being really being able to get the run game going? Or if it was just overall just a bad game? Because I feel like everybody had their slip-ups. Everyone had their mess-ups. Ken Allen was only targeted. Well, I don't know how many times he was targeted, but he wasn't targeted until the fourth quarter after his one target in the first. And honestly, Lamar Jackson tearing it up. Even their backup running backs tearing it up. So, yeah, I guess the question was just, do you think it was just a bad game for everyone? Do you think it was just a coaching? Or what do you think really caused us to only put up six points? Thank you. You guys have a good one. Both of uh, It's Renee from San Diego. And honestly, I just I didn't get done watching the game right now, but oh, I watched it earlier today, and it, was, it wasn't it was pretty. I was expecting, you know, the Baltimore Ravens to score some points, but I was also expecting us to be able to, you know, hold up against them, at least on offense. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know if you guys think that was this more of Herbert just being off today? Was it more of just not being really being able to get the run game going? Or if it was just overall just a bad game? Because I feel like everybody had their slip-ups. Everyone had their mess-ups. Keenan Allen was only targeted. Well, I don't know how many times he was targeted, but he wasn't targeted until the fourth quarter after his one target in the first. And honestly, Lamar Jackson tearing it up. Even their backup running backs tearing it up. So, yeah, I guess the question was just, do you think it was just a bad game for everyone? Do you think it was just a coaching or... What do you think really caused us to only put up six points? Thank you. You guys have a good one. Both up. I mean, I think we all expected the Chargers to score right with the Ravens and have it turn into a game that even if the defense couldn't stop them, I mean, they would still be able to put up points enough to make it competitive. 
I think it is a good question. I mean, the lack of running game definitely didn't help the Chargers on Sunday, and Brand Staley has talked about how that really opens things up for the quarterback when you are able to run the football. Chargers could not do that, averaging 2.2 yards per carry. The play calling was bad. Justin Herbert was just bad. I mean, to me, David, I'm just chalking it up as a bad game, but it is something that, if the Chargers aren't careful, could happen again in the future if they don't make their adjustments. Yeah, I think that's the key statement right there. Every dog has their day. Everyone's going to have a bad day. I mean, we're all human. We're not perfect. We all make mistakes. And as much as we'd love to go out there and be our best every single day, that's just not life. That's not reality. So the Chargers need to learn their lessons. I, I really think it's more of you know them having a bad day. They, they just didn't have a good plan. They didn't really look motivated out there. They, they just got beat by the better team. The team that showed up and prepared better that day was the team that won that game. But I, I do think this is more of an outlier than the, the common denominator. Yeah, and I do think that, I mean, there are a lot of things the Chargers offense can improve on. I think Joe Lombardi obviously has done a lot of things right. The Chargers were one of the best offenses in the NFL going up going into that game against the Ravens. But there are still thir- certain things that we would definitely love to see, like we've talked about many times, taking more shots on first down, making Justin Herbert's life a little bit easier, finding more of those chunk plays because – Yes, they've had a lot of, you know, 16-yard gains this season. I mean, they didn't have any really in the last game, but that is something they've been okay at. Still, you would like to see more of that on first down, some more explosive plays, helping him out a little bit just because they've been such a good team so far this year on third and fourth down, but a lot of the reasons they've been there so often is because their lack of success and lack of efficiency on their early down plays. So I do think that could be better going forward, which would help Justin Herbert avoid games like the ones we saw on Sunday. But we do have one more voicemail to get into here. This is Sean from Boise. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. Sean from Boise, Idaho. First-time caller. Uh, just want to talk about that game. Uh, crazy, crazy game. Disappointing for sure. Um, kept thinking the whole time. This is going to be the time. This is going to be when the offense gets going. Have a ton of trust in Brandon Staley and that team. But never happened. Um, but the sky's not falling. You know, we're four and two. Uh, so still have trust in this team. Love the show. Uh, bolt up, baby. I mean, a lot of talk about trust, right? I mean, obviously, it was a very disappointing game. It was a crazy game just from the fact that it was really unexpected to see the Chargers go down that way. But I think even especially after talking to David yesterday that I'm not losing any trust in Brandon Staley. I mean, I had trusted him like before he even coached on the sideline just because of the way he talks, his transparency, his ability to teach. You just feel like he's going to figure it out. Have you lost anything even after seeing, you know, them get out coached and outplayed so badly against the Ravens? Hell no. Absolutely <laughs> not. The Chargers are four and two after Brandon Staley's first six games as an NFL head coach. I think people need to remember that. He's still a brand new coach in the NFL. He's done amazingly well. I think he's had some great game plans throughout the first six weeks for the most part. Obviously, the Ravens game withstanding. But the Chargers have performed much better than a lot of people expected. And I still have every confidence in Brandon Staley. And I know the Chargers are going to go out there and win more football games this year. Yeah, I mean, I think Brandon Staley has not been the problem so far. I mean, I think schematically with the defense, obviously, you would wish that the Chargers defense has played better, especially over the last few weeks, but at the same time, I mean, we're still waiting to see what he wants this roster to look like. I guess they've had some injuries, but for the most part, I just don't know if the personnel is there yet. I mean, he obviously has to have some leeway. It is his first season 
for him to get the guys he needs in place. So I just think that especially with the way I look at the game and wanting the head coach to be more aggressive, take shots like he has been doing, and coach in a way that is transparent, right? And another coach that's not just going to go BS you in the press conference. From all those standpoints, right? And especially, I mean, finishing games, because let's not forget that the Chargers in their close games this year have been finishing them all outside of the Dallas Cowboys game, which they had a go-ahead touchdown taken back by a penalty, and that was something we absolutely could not stand with the previous Chargers teams, and that's something Brandon Staley has been able to handle well all year. Yeah, there are certain clock issues, you know, giving the ball back to Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't matter. Late in those games, the defense has come through and not given up anything big, and the Chargers have finished close games and won close games against good teams. And I think that's such a reason to advocate for Brandon Staley, just the way he's coached this team so far. I have all the trust that Brandon Staley is going to figure it out and get the most out of this current Chargers team. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. We're thinking about what to do on the bye week, and I think what we're going to do tomorrow is get into our biggest disappointments and biggest surprises so far this season, because I think there's definitely some guys to talk about even through six weeks on both sides of the ball. So we'll get into that later on in the week. We are still trying to get some guests on the show. We might even have a guest host on the show. That'll be very exciting later on in the week, and we have a lot more planned for the Chargers bye week. But until then, make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the TuneIn app, the new Odyssey app, so many choices and so many places where you can find the show and make sure you follow or subscribe so you never miss it. You can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find the show's Twitter at LockdownLAC. You can find our new Instagram page at LockdownChargers and you can also find us on our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page, as well as me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DroTalkSD. We both post the show to both of our accounts as well every day. And we love interacting with you guys on there and going back and forth with you. But you can also call into the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line and get on a show like we did today. We'll definitely be doing more of that. So if you guys want to call in, the number is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow with us for the biggest surprises and biggest disappointments of 2021 so far. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.